Sit down, Grace. I'm going before Congress tomorrow, and I want you to dictate a letter. <laughs> Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. Boo! Boo! Boo, Japan! Boo! Fuck you, 1941 Japan. Uh, we love you, 2020 Japan. Um, especially my, my uh, daddy... Dakimaku, wait. Your waifu? No, my uh, my my body pillow. Da- <laughs> ah, shit, I forget what it's called. Dari Dari Makura, something like that. Da- yeah, yeah. It's your cum pillow. Yeah. <laughs> you talking about my wife? Dakimakura? I think it's Dakimakura. Okay. Yeah. Um, Somebody out there is gonna let us know. Welcome to Disney Plusin' and Cussin'. This is the finale of season one. Really? This is this is the end. Mm-hmm. Aside could, from aside from a forthcoming Christmas special, it could this, we could actually we might get canceled before this even happens because of the end of that <laughs> because, Dumbo episode. Because, yeah, uh, I did. Um, did you see the pictures of um, of some neckbeards like sitting at their Thanksgiving tables with their Dakimakura pillows? No, there's a kid that had like uh, four guests at his table, all of which were waifu pillows. <laughs> and I'm like, that has to be his mom's house. <laughs> just like, I'll oh, just indulge him as his little fuck pillows. With- I don't know. Like, how could you have your, your, your grown son living with you bringing around fuck pillows? If listen, if Thanksgiving table? dinner is coming me- on that thing, you're not putting it on my upholstery. Uh, she's washed it first. <laughs> That's going to take up a whole. I mean, you need an industrial size. That, that pillow is like six feet long. Mm hmm. What is it, dry clean only? I don't know. I don't think most of them get washed. I'm sure there are instructions on them. I, how to get come out? Would you rather have one of those or a real doll? A real doll, 100%. You wouldn't feel like you were fucking a dead chick? I mm, No, I wouldn't have anything to compare it to. Well, welcome to Pleasant. I don't, I don't know Cousin. if she enjoys it or not. Uh, I did before. We are, we are recording earlier in the day because this is going to be a marathon not a sprint. And before this episode gets started, uh, I did, while I'm still sober, I did want to do a little uh, clarifications corner for the very end of Dumbo. Because uh, I was lit the fuck up and I stand You by, don't even know, bro. I stand by everything I said, I think, because I haven't heard it yet. Um, but I didn't get the opportunity you to... You don't remember making, like, a blood oath to say whatever the fuck we want? No. I'm, come hell or high water with I'm, the consequences? I'm standing behind what I said, but... But you don't remember what you said. What, what I, I And that's fine, because I'm still confident that I can... I'm not apologizing for anything here. This isn't apologies corner. It's just clarifications corner, because I didn't get the opportunity to give the respect to the research that we that we dug into because oh, you mean because i did it all in 30 seconds okay so listen you shared the thought in 30 seconds but we didn't get the opportunity to i i had clips for the jackson brothers dancing um and we we just didn't get to give the time or effort to really explain the the why behind that thought process but i i maintain if chris tucker isn't racist <laughs> then the end of that scene isn't racist um but i i am going to be posting some 
some images and sharing some of the research that we did do uh, for the end of that episode so we can give uh, a little attention to the Paul Johnson choir the, and the other the other minds behind uh, that scene. Okay. I, I think that's only fair. Okay. Well, look for it on Plusin and Custin's Instagram. Yeah, go like and subscribe. You'll learn all sorts of cool shit that we don't have the time to talk about on the show because we're Who's sober. Talking about fucking, fucking, fucking Dakimakura pillow. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that, and that's the content everybody came here for, right? <clears throat> so, um, so this is Plusin and Custin. I'm Timothy Q Mouse, and I'm Deefy twenty six hundred. And today we're going to talk about uh, the not the Great War. Did they just call it World War Two then? I think that, I, I think they just called it the War. The, yeah, and that that that's, they just call it reality. Uh, forgive me for being super ignorant, but is this one not the Great War? Was World War One the Great War? The Great War was World War One. Yeah, not, no war is great. The war on drugs has been pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cocksucker from from my place on the front lines. What do you feel about calling somebody a cocksucker? Uh, I prefer the term dork. Uh, I, yeah, I remember that from from your from your episode. Um, I don't know. I think we should take cocksucker back. Morgan uses it's definitely a definitely a derog- I'd like call someone a fucking cocksucker when I'm pissed off at him. But I mean, my my partner is a beloved cocksucker. Like you appreciate the sucking of the cock. I mean, I, I, she is more beloved for her skill at sucking cock. That's that's Shakespeare's sequel to the Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> the sucking of the cock. Um, that's Act Four. Anyways, I got called. Uh, I got yesterday. An old man told me that I don't know shit from Shinola because I told him to put his mask on. He wasn't wearing his mask, so I walked up to him. And I was like, "Hey, looks like your mask might have fallen off your face there. You wanna?" put that back on he turns around he puts his mask on he goes okay I'm s-. and then he goes wait do you work here i go no but i live here all of us live here so it'd be cool if you just want to put that back on just because where was this uh lowe's okay there was we were all in line uh and and so i let him know uh and then like he put his mask on and then it like it i think it realized it hit him that wait a second and so he like pulls his mask off and he tells me this fucking shit doesn't do shit it's stupid, and I don't have to do it. How about you mind your own goddamn business? I was like, well, I, I am minding my business because, you see, I'm here, and you're here, and we're both here at the same time, which means my business is your business, and your business is putting that mask back on. Uh, and so he, like, turns back to his phone, and then it gets him really riled up again, so he comes storming towards me, uh, looking like he's about to throw a punch at me, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, fuck, am I about to get, get beat, beaten I, up am by I an about old to man? get my yeah. ass kicked by an old man at the Lowe's? <laughs> he's he's literally wearing a shirt that says verbatim, I am a veteran. Uh, so, so, like, I'm thinking to myself, oh, fuck, I'm going to be on the news for the guy who, like, fought a veteran at on a Sunday afternoon when we both should have been in church, but instead we were, instead we were at the Lowe's. Uh, but he, he told me I didn't know shit from Shinola and I needed to mind my own goddamn business. But you know what? He left his mask on for the rest of the time he was in there. So Shinola is either the battleship that he was on in, in the war or it's what he was actually buying, uh, like <laughs> tins of in his, in his card. It's, it's what he called his girlfriend. <laughs> Sweet Shinola. Won't oh. you go down on me? Hey, sassy shiny, won't you go down on me? Good old cocksucking Shinola. <laughs> um, so let's talk about World War II, all right? Let's talk about... 
I think we missed out on a, on a great opportunity for a spe- More Chinola there. jokes? Uh, cocksucker jokes? Dari, Daki Makura jokes? Speaking about fighting veterans. Are we going to honor my grandfather right now? <laughs> what What are you talking about? Like, uh, well, that's this whole episode is about getting in, getting in veterans getting in fights. I guess they're not veterans yet because right now they're just soldiers. Okay. Okay. Uh, now we wasted it. We had a great. Doesn't matter. We can. I can splice it all together. I'm getting real good at this editing shit. Did your body edit that burp out of you? I think it might have. Wait. <laughs> See, you are getting real good at this editing shit. <clears throat> there you go. Um. So wars are uh, wars are messy, right? Uh, you know, you'd think we'd. We'd learn how to deal with them because war, war, war never changes. <laughs> I never thought that made any sense or that that music had any kind of gravity to it. It was always just stupid. Just let me go around and look for some bottle caps and <laughs> shoot some people with my energy weapons in the VAT system. I do love that VAT system. <sighs> kind of over it. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. And and then the outer world's like complete implementation of everything that was good from Fallout, like just feels tired. I'm tired of playing it. I think You've, we've played it so many. times. Did you prefer Fall? What 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 gets you going more, Fallout or Skyrim? What got me going more initially? What are you talking about? What gets me going more, Elder Scrolls or the Fallout franchise? Yeah, Elder Scrolls or Fallout. Elder Scrolls. <laughs> I have to agree. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. War. <clears throat> no, what is war here changes. is war in Europe and um, increasing aggression in um, in the Pacific front, the Pacific theater. Okay, so I did a little bit of research into Pearl Harbor because Pearl Harbor is, is the big... The big opening sequence, okay, but there's some there's some build up to this, okay. So what I wanted to say first is that when we were kids, you know, we kind of saw now there are definitely like good guys and bad guys right. in World War Two, okay, but that is not black and white, all right. So yes, the Allies are the good guys and the Axis are the bad guys, but there are some shades of gray to that. Now the Allies are comprised of um, European countries and America, all of which are colonialist ass countries. Okay. Right. Um, so we're going to be focusing a lot on Japan, um, leading up to this. Okay. Now the war, the war is going on in Europe and Europe needs help from America. FDR knows how much of a threat Hitler is, but FDR can't do shit about it because first and foremost, FDR is a politician. Okay. More than he is, you know, some kind of great leader that united everything. He's His hands are tied when it comes to campaign promises, even though behind the scenes, he knows we need to go to war. He's pushing for us to go to war, but he can't appear. He made promises in 1940, an election year, that he was not going to send those boys to war. So he has to uphold this promise, barring something immense. So he kind of has to sit there with his thumbs up his ass. Which uh, is easy to do because he can't get out of the chair, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not uh, uncomfortable for him, aside from his thumbs being all stinky later. <laughs> <laughs> I think Eleanor was into that kind of thing. Maybe. There are all kinds of rumors as to what uh, what Eleanor is into. You ever heard of a guy named Tojo? Uh, Hideki Tojo? Maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, it is Hideki Tojo. Okay, so you've ever seen The Last Samurai? Starring Tom Cruise? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, have you not? No, I haven't. Okay, okay, cool. Um, so what, uh, I'm going to ask you one question. Are samurai cool? Cool as shit. Yeah, samurai are cool as fucking shit. Samurai have always been cool Now, who did shit. you hate that was Japanese in that movie? In The Last Samurai? Yeah. Uh, I, I only remember Tom Cruise. Okay, do you remember... You don't remember Kamuroso or whatever his name was. The the movie is not. It's not. It's it's not in my brain canon. It okay. has been moved out. Do you remember that fucking little Cogsworth prick that was like moving for modernization? Yes. Okay. So that is what was that. That's who we want as America. America. When I say we, I'm talking about America right now. Okay. Mo- moving forward, when you say we, you mean America. Okay. So Japan moves from feudalism to. Uh, parliamentary democracy, okay? That's what that little prick in the suit is. Right. He's parliamentary democracy, and that's what we want. And that is not going so well for Japan. Okay, Japan's a little bit irritated because they helped with World War One, and then they come to America or wherever the, the like, five countries that kind of kicked ass in World War One get to go and say, hey, good job on that. And they're like, hey, since we helped y'all out, we want racial equality and we want immigration. We want a smoother immigration process for all of our um, all of our people that are trying to go to your countries for opportunities. Sounds and, like a fair ass. Yeah, and they're, and everybody's like, oh, fuck no, you, you fucking filthy Jap. Like, hey, <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the help, but uh, no, 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 no. No, that's not, that's this, not this how it works. This is like, these are, these are white countries, okay? It's like, thanks we, for your help. We'll, we'll call you again when we need you we will still as america we will still allow people to fight and die for us and then fucking send their ass back home as soon as they get now, they, now this is not i mean i'm talking about japan i'm not talking about japanese americans at this point no right? no okay. i'm i'm talking about right now today here in america fucking deporting veterans as soon as they get home uh because they despite being illegal immigrants we still let them sign the fuck up and go to war uh and then it, how how could fighting as an American soldier not automatically equal fucking citizen citizen status? I'm not at all shocked to find out that 1940s America was like, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, no necesito, Japonese. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna sit at the bar and have a milkshake next to me, sir. No, sir. Um. Okay. So there is a pushback on parliamentary democracy because mm-hmm. Japan is a proud country. Yes. Okay? Proud country full of literally the children of feudal samurai. Okay? One of these people was Hideki Tojo. There is a backlash to the parliamentary democracy, which emerges um, in the form of right-wing ultranationalism. A lot of these people, including Tojo, are children of samurai. Okay? So, that sounds kind of cool, right? It sounds fucking awesome. All right. Like the right wing nationalism is a big thorn in our side as a country now because it comes in the form of people that look kind of like you, but are like way stupider and Have you aren't seen my haircut, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and aren't wearing a shirt with uh, with a, with uh, the ICP guy burning a Confederate flag, but actually just a Confederate flag. Yeah. OK. Um, these are these are ex samurai. Now, that doesn't make that right-wing ultranationalism cool um it doesn't actually make it cool even though it's kind of cool it's cool <laughs> but okay. that's not it's probably you can be cool and problematic okay. bro you are okay you're a warrior society 
Um, and Tojo is problematic, bro, because he views everything through a militaristic lens. As a military leader, he's very effective. Um, as somebody that is trying to incorporate Japan into the modern world, bad idea. Now, there's another guy who's the Admiral of the Fleets, I think, and his name's Yamamoto, and he's a lot smarter, but he ends up getting roped into the same uh, shenanigans that Tojo is kind of spearheading. Right. Okay? Um, so... There is something now. I'm I, I'm not going to be on the whole. Let's admire the Japanese for that much longer here, okay? But there is um, there is a, a bit of virtue in this push for Asia for the Asians. Um, um, the the Western powers are colonizing most of the Pacific. Yeah. Okay. Then you've that's got rude. The, you've got the Dutch East Indies. You've got America colonizing the Philippines. You've got French Indochina. Right. Um, and then you've got China as a whole. I, I don't know what necessarily what's going on with China, but J- Japan definitely wants a piece of the pie. Okay. So um, Japan is going, hey, Asia for the Asians. Okay. But what they really mean is Asia for the Jap- uh, Japanese. What they really mean is Asia for the Japanese. Howls, uh, bro. <laughs> Um, so it's another brand of colonialism. It's a little bit closer to, um, for us, by us, uh, but it's definitely not benevolent. In fact, it's, it's pretty fucking savage, especially when you see them show up for the rape of Nanking. Now, I think that a lot of times we look at Pearl Harbor and go, why the fuck would Japan think that was a good idea? Like, how on earth would you decide to fuck with the Americans? Right. There are some reasons, okay? They, aside from the Asia for the Asians thing, and also, okay, the other thing that I always wondered was, why, how does Hitler get in bed with with Hirohito? Um, how, are they, how are they tied, aside from the fact that they're both right-wing and they're both fighting against allies? There are sequences of events that happen to where what Hitler does paves the way for Japan, okay? Hitler knocking over these governments, knocking out Holland, knocking out France, that means that if Japan is to attack a Dutch colony or a French colony, you're not going to get much blowback because that actual country is in the middle of fucking getting raped by Hitler. Right. Okay? So one begets the other. Now... FDR can't do much as far as going to war. And the the easiest person to go to war with is the easiest power to go to war with is Japan because Japan is most directly interfering with the U.S. affairs. What what FDR does do is he sends the entire Pacific fleet to Pearl Harbor to make themselves more of a presence closer to Japan. All right. It's a show of force. However, there are some problems with that that the head of the, the that the current um head of the fleet doesn't really like. He's like, hey, you're sending our boys to party in a fucking paradise. If you're gonna bluff, you better be ready to back it up. Now I don't know why he didn't think they were ready to back it up, but obviously their finger isn't necessarily that well on the pulse of things. Now that's how Blue Hawaii came about, the Elvis Presley movie, yeah? Uh yeah, I mean that I think that's where they were stationed, yeah. Um now, granted, there were Pacific. I mean, there were definitely troops like in places that weren't Pearl Harbor, but um, Pearl Harbor was where the fleet was concentrated. Now, the Japanese saw um, Americans as pleasure lovers with no real stomach for war. Now, remember, warrior society. Right. America, 
fucking, you know, they have this idea of us roaring 20s, fucking slick willies, Hollywood, all that shit. Take out the Pacific fleet and they'll quickly sue for peace. We haven't, the Americans haven't really done much except be, you know, money obsessed, entertainment obsessed, anything that as far as the Japanese can see. FDR can't, the, the, the Americans don't want to go to war because it, the war is not directly affecting them. They're geographically safe just because of the geography of it. Right. They're locked in and they're completely insulated. And FDR can't uh, back the trend, buck the trend uh, too much um, as far as the isolationists go. He can't get the U.S. openly to, into war. But the thing that he does that really spurs Japan to to do Pearl Harbor is that he does a complete oil embargo. Now, Japan is already aggressively moving on all of these territories. This is, uh, they need their fuel. They can't operate without it. So They're literally an island. They have two options. They either fucking double down or they go back home with their tails between their legs, like pull out of all of their territories, and then the U.S. grants them their oil back. Right. Proud country, warrior country. They're not going to fucking do it. No. So these are all the factors that lead to this. They decide, we're going to go to war and get our fucking oil. And so... Um, <clears throat> Yamamoto, the, the Admiral, he's against it, but he also doesn't want to, it's like Zack Snyder with Watchmen. Mm -hmm. Okay. He knows that Alan Moore doesn't want a movie made of Watchmen, but he also knows that if he lets the studios go forward with it, that they're going to fuck it up so bad, um, that it'll be a real injustice. So Yamamoto is like Zack Snyder and that he's like, all right, if y'all are going to do this, you stupid, then you're going to do it my way. Right. And now I've, I've done all this build up. Pearl Harbor lasts about two and a half hours. Um, the Japanese do some real crafty shit. That's pretty admirable. Okay. One of the things that, that, uh, is admirable, ad admirable. It, that's not even, <laughs> I don't know that admirable. If we're talking, in pure, if, if we're talking purely militaristic operations go, then yes. I still, I, Okay. Look, okay, we're talking about pride coming before the fall with the U.S. here. Sure. Um, there is, they are locked within a harbor that is very shallow. Now, when torpedoes drop, in, drop from planes into water, they have to go down very low before they come up again to hit their target. Right. Um, this is one of the things that the Americans are banking on. The Japanese figure out a way to make those drop in shallow water stay in shallow water. So one thing that they can't that they are banking on is that there's no way these fucking tor that they're gonna have torpedoes. They have fucking torpedoes when they on planes. They uh, travel twelve hours. Their entire fleet travels twelve hours, complete radio silence. Um, they hit on a Sunday when everybody is just out there playing fucking grab ass. And look, I mean, they see the planes coming in. They're like, "Hey, what's going on?" There's not training exercises on Sunday, and then fucking bombs start dropping. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, also, the Kimmel is the ambassador that took over the one that, that stood up to FDR. Okay. So, he got um, a call in the morning. Said, hey, uh, we hit a we sunk a Japanese submarine. And he's like, everybody's like, what the fuck, dude? And he's like, uh, yeah, that's weird. And then he goes back to bed or like goes to play golf with somebody. And Shit. so hours later, he gets a call and they're like, hey, uh, you better just uh, walk to the front of your house. 
<laughs> and he walks at the front of his house and sees Pearl Harbor going on. Fuck. He said after that, after he lost his position, if only one of those bombs had just hit me. Um, now, uh, remember how FDR wanted a reason to get into the war? Here it is. Well, have you ever heard like conspiracy theories that like they totally knew this was coming and they needed to let it happen so that they could get in the war? Maybe. Okay. Uh, you don't believe any of that, do you? No. Okay. Well, you should believe it a little bit. Okay, because this was a boon for people that were trying to get into the war. However, they didn't know it was coming. They knew something was coming. Japan went so far as to send ambassadors to the U.S. as a decoy to talk about, hey, we're here to talk about removing our troops from China. They were there as a decoy so that they're like, oh, the Japanese are here talking to us. Why would they attack us? American intelligence intercepted letters from Tojo to the ambassador that are saying, hey, you probably want to wrap this shit up before this time because you got about 12 hours before this thing happens. Not referring to anything specific. So that same admiral that was like, oh, no big deal, submarine. He gets a fax. No, fax. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He gets a, a wire. What do they fucking get? A phone call? His beeper goes off. Yeah. And it's it says FDR 911. So he gets uh, letters and shit or whatever. And they're like, hey. Something's coming from the Japanese, and here are a list of places that we think they're probably going to hit. Pearl Harbor wasn't one of them. Now, what what got hit and what got taken out? 320 aircraft. Fuck. 320 aircraft. 19 ships. 19 battleships. Fuck. And 2,000 plus Americans. Um, <clears throat> it was a resoundingly successful attack by the Japanese. They they nailed it. Um, and right after they did it, they went on to conquer Hong Kong, Thailand, Malaysia, the Philippines, and their ultimate goal, which was the Dutch East Indies, where they could get their oil. Now, the big caveat to that, and where Yamamoto realized that they fucking failed, is that the just so happened that the two big-ass aircraft carriers were just not at Pearl Harbor that day. So before, you know, the naval fleet is, uh, is, is the most important thing. But this war, the airplane is the most important thing. And they didn't get all the airplanes. Um, the aircraft carriers are untouched. They grossly underestimated the American reaction. Um, U.S. is at this point all in. Um, everybody's signing up for war. They are galvanized by this shit. Also, um... Half of the ships that were thought to be destroyed during the attack are returned to service, and all but three of them become fully operational again. Really? We're talking about ships that got sunk. And, um, you know, they'd probably never come out and say it, but FDR, uh, but FDR and Churchill, very happy about this, especially Churchill. He went to bed that night and said, we had a chance of winning or something. Because they needed the U.S. Yeah. U.S. huge... The... the, the U.S. of this era has not yet been seen in its capabilities, which is what the Japanese very grossly underestimated. Now, granted, they were in between a rock and a hard place. Right. but So, I have set the stage for you. That is what Pearl Harbor was. Well, damn it. That was incredible. I, I sat here learning a ton, and then every now and then I doze off and think, What's Mickey Mouse still talking? Any of this bullshit? Why? Why am I? (laughs) Why? Why haven't I heard about Disney yet? Well, we haven't heard about Disney because 
it's December 7th, 1941. But when we wake up on the morning of December 8th and the world finds out about Pearl Harbor, Disney finds out a little bit differently than the rest of us. Disney finds out he's just hanging out at the studios in Burbank and uh, knock on the door. Uh-oh, who's there? 500 American soldiers were coming in and we live here now. Uh, so the day after Pearl Harbor, the Burbank studios are real close to a, a Lockheed base. As you said, airplanes becoming more and more important in this war. Now, at the time, it's still all Navy all the time, sort of with England sort of leading the charge before America jumps in with the Allies. It's They have been a focused on naval supremacy since the early days. That's what happens when you're conquering the Earth from an island. You focus on boats first. Uh, and so the World War One saw us... Uh, it, it, with the increase of aviation and and this was something that interested disney so there's a there's a belief that uh in the time leading up to december 8th 1941 uh he was focusing on air power itself and so disney we know is on a tight spot uh we've talked about it every time fantasia no good pinocchio no good didn't make any money now fucking out of money everybody hates me it's been a rough year. Thank God people are going to see Dumbo. I'm keeping an eye on this war thing because beyond loving America and Disney, if anything, is is a full patriot. Main Street USA looks like Main Street USA because that was America. And that's what Walt saw. Weren't you from Delaware? Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Uh, and so Walt has his finger on on this war he's he's been following it very closely because the reason fantasia and pinocchio didn't do so good is there's a war in europe and politics be damned we're losing a ton of money beyond that i do love america and so he'd been studying up on on the war in general before the occupation but day after pearl harbor america is mobilizing and we're we're going to secure air force bases and and this is the only time a major animation studio has been occupied in wartime or out of wartime. Uh, but for a few months, this was these were the barracks. This was the base. This is where the soldiers were staying. Why is that? Because why did they need to shack up in the Disney studios? They've got the space. Um, they've got the space. Are they, these just all the new recruits, like all the, the new facilities. draftees? Uh, it's now it's really difficult to find out the details of the occupation because when you go to research occupation Burbank Studios Disney, uh, you get their Indeed page or their LinkedIn profile or how to fucking I how to pursue a career in animation from man, your local shutdown Sears exactly. <laughs> I, you know, back in the day when I would ask Jeeves some shit, I wouldn't get like this. I think this is what you're looking for bullshit that search engines give me now. Mm -hmm. Like if I typed in occupation, Disney, Burbank, ask Jeeves, go. Like I'm not going to get some. I think you might be looking for a job. I would just get this word and this word match each other. You're going to read this bullshit now. Uh, and it would take fucking three minutes to download from GeoCities uh, and or fucking Angel Fire. And I would I would learn with the best of them. But now the first three fucking searches are targeted ads so I can get a job at the studios in Burbank. Also, bro. Bro, you like DeVry? <laughs> uh, have you been to the University of Phoenix? Uh, sponsored by Dumbledore. So uh, nice. 
I don't know all of the details of the occupation itself, but I do know um, Disney was fucking happy to do it because with occupation comes dollars and holy shit, we need those. And Disney had already, before this occurred, had already been working with the State Department of Canada um, creating films for their war effort. Uh, And that's why we're talking about Pearl Harbor today because at the end of 1941, Disney's getting into the propaganda business. And when uh, when the American State Department sees the films that Disney's working on uh, for Canada, which were really just uh, this is the beginning of Disney's concept of recycling. For example, this. Mr. Practical Pig. They're war savings bonds. What the hell's a war savings bond? Oh, it's a Nazi wolf. So, for those of you that can't see, which is all of you, uh, this is just the Three Little Pigs cartoon. It's just the Three Little Pigs cartoon. We, the Three Little Pigs cartoon was a silly symphony. This all we've they this cartoon entirely, with the exception of the wolf who has been painted as a Nazi and the bricks that have been painted as savings bonds, is essentially shot for shot just the Three Little Pigs silly symphony. With a new skin. This is the downloadable content for Three Little Pigs. <laughs> okay. EA just charged us 99 cents to watch that movie. So was this effective? Very. Uh, so I think when we talk when we talk about the movies, where the, the films we're going to talk about today, we need to understand the concept of propaganda because it always has sort of this negative connotation. And it never really... In, until it began being used for war times, the idea of using information in an exaggerated form has sort of just been the means of communication for most things. I mean, advertising and pastors reading you the Bible with their own voices, those are could be considered propaganda. It's manipulative. It's manipulative, but it doesn't necessarily have to be to nefarious ends. Uh, and so... There are a few different genres, and so you're going to see basically this idea of of holding a grotesque funhouse mirror to the enemy, uh, which is a is a popular propaganda technique when it comes to creating, like you discussed with FDR, needing this. He promised we're not going to war. America kind of has to be excited about going to war for it to happen, right? Uh, so there's there's the idea of of I'm we're going we 
are sharing this common enemy and look how silly and grotesque this enemy is. Uh, there's also the jubilation and celebration of the same ideas of victory. Uh, and then there's just all around, Hey, this is the right thing to do. Are you going to hell? So <clears throat> we're, we're sharing in the hatred of a common enemy. We're also sharing the same victories and we have the same pathways to victory. Those are, those are the kinds of things that we're going to see the most of. <clears throat> and we sort of have examples for each today. Uh, and now the propaganda created for the government, Disney eventually made a movie for every state department and every branch of the military. He's making movies for the treasury. He's making training films for the army, the Navy, the, uh, the, the air force hadn't been created quite yet. I got a question. How come some of these movies that we watch? Some of these little films, of which I have watched three. I think you've watched a few more than me. How come some of them are in black and white and some of them are in Technicolor? Budget. Okay. Budget. Uh, and also, some of the recordings haven't come around. So I saw, I watched a few different copies of, of Victory through Air Power, and some are beautiful Technicolor and some are grainy black and white. And it's really, I think it's a matter of the medium that it was that it was converted from. Did you enjoy victory through air power? I really liked it in color. I watched it in black and white first and I was just like, that's literally what I did during victory through air power. But I watched it in color and it's fucking good. And it completely changed the war. But I think I want to talk about that one last. Okay. The, the first idea is, creating the enemy right and and who are the nazis who when we all we all hate a nazi right everybody yeah but at this point a, a lot of america hates them jews too yeah exactly right so like how I mean, do you how do you demonize the nazi because i haven't you know what america first i don't need to send them boys over there i, I can understand us bombing a jap you gotta you, they hit us at pearl harbor we hit them where it hurts Take them out. Send them all to hell. Let God sort them out. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I don't, I don't feel too terribly bad about the Nazi. They don't like what I don't no, like. They, they ain't done that, nothing that, to my that's boys. A, that's a Europe problem. Keep yeah. me yeah. Keep me the fuck out of Europe. Like, bring them boys home. Victory. Uh, just like we have now. It's the same nationalist idea. But that's that's where these films, this this idea of patriotism is something that we don't really... I don't have an understanding of this true American patriotism that comes from this generation that came during this war. Like, How old are your grandparents? My grandpa was there. He was, uh, in, yeah. he was in the war? Yeah. No, he. my grandpa tells a great story about growing up in New York in the like 20s uh, and having the Iceman have to fucking carry blocks of ice up from the cart into their icebox in uh, New York that hadn't been fucking paved yet. What does that have to do with anything? It's just my grandpa's old and cool. He was there. He saw this shit. Okay. I just really... I just <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with the war. It's just... No. He's old. Okay. He, he was... He, yeah. It, uh, I, I have always been a little bit hesitant to ask my grandfather about the war because one, I don't know. Like, he's been in the Air Force. He was in the Air Force his whole life. He worked for Lockheed Martin. Fucking... Uh, he spent a ton of time in in Taiwan working on a the F-16 project with the Taiwanese. Like, my grandpa was in the Air Force the whole time, um, and he was in the Air Force during 
this timeline. So the Army Air Corps, because there wasn't an Air Force then, which is what at the beginning of Victory Through Air Power that one general is pushing for. Correct. Um, so I don't, I don't know the exact years that he was, he was serving. I don't know. I just know airplanes and air force his whole life. Uh, uh, but I've been hesitant to ask him about any of that because, uh, he is of German heritage. Mm -hmm. Like he's of German descent. Uh, and so he might have been on the Nazi side. Well, I found a copy of Mein Kampf, (laughs) but it's also, he's just a learned Dude, and so I don't, like, I've never, I've always wondered if... So you think your grandpa might be a Nazi? No. <laughs> no, I think my grandpa may or may not have killed a Nazi. Okay. Um, but I don't want to, I'm I'm just like, I don't know. So my granddad was uh, was in the was in the Army Air Corps, and he was super forthcoming about it. Uh, always talked about the war, because it shaped him, like... Um, yeah. And my grandma was, like, doing fucking Rosie the Riveter type shit. I can't remember exactly what it was. But, uh... Uh, yeah, he was very, very uh, loose-lipped about all of all of his stuff in in the war. Um, he participated in a suicide raid on uh, the Ploesti oil fields in Romania. Uh, like like sixty percent of the of the planes got wiped out. He was a he was an engineer on a bomber. Sick. Yeah. Um, and like today, you know, we weren't we were like close-ish, not anywhere near as close as like me and my grandmother were. But right. like today was like the first day. That like, cause I've had tons of instances of since my grandma died in January of being like, uh, just like having that impulse to like call her or whatever. Uh, and then being like, Oh fuck, she's dead. You know, uh, this was the first time in years and years and years that I thought about my granddad and was like, man, it'd be cool to talk to him about that right, right. now. But yeah, uh, also dead. Fuck. <laughs> uh, he, he would, he, he wouldn't be having a good time right now. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like the thing when when like old people die. It's like oh no. It's like well, it's it's not like they'd be doing better if they were alive now. It would be much worse. Yeah, yeah. So whatever. But yeah. Anyways, like um, uh, World War Two is like part of part of my like almost nuclear family. Yeah. You know, like uh, it, it definitely informed a lot about our family and what we heard and the stories that we heard growing up. Right. And shit like. The concept of of pure American patriotism has been so completely bastardized, and it's it's almost a parody of itself at this point. Yeah, I mean that was a nation united. Exactly. So maybe I I, I don't know. I wasn't. Maybe it's all been glorified, and the propaganda has seeped into the culture so much that maybe that patriotism as I picture it as, a, or as I feel it never actually existed. Then it's just it sure as fuck did how it's, how it's portrayed now, but it, it sure as fuck at least it wasn't, like it wasn't it. an opinion. It wasn't an opinion or politics then though. Like it's just, you're a fucking American. We're all fucking Americans. And we need to do yeah. this shit together. We're taking, we're taking Mel Blanc's, uh, Mel Blanc's recordings and making bullets out of them. And, and they and they did. And they used Mel Blanc's voice to make so many great fucking cartoons. Uh, so many great bullets. <laughs> Mel, Mel Blanc is inside many, many jets. He was not shooting blanks. <laughs> oh, you know what I forgot? What? Uh, was that uh, uh, the whole like, hey, we're not drinking Malort until I give you a cue. Yeah. yeah, it was, uh, I forgot to do it. 
Oh, shit. Uh, you know what? Start, what, what, yeah, what I'll what just was, pause oh. the recording and I'll start. No, no, no. no. It, it, it's going to be better if we just do it like this. Uh, the Japanese needed, like the Japanese, <laughs> we need fuel. <laughs> and like fucking motor oil, this Malort stuff tastes like shit. You want to drink some? Let's drink some Malort. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nineteen forty-two. Hopefully, a better year for us than nineteen forty-one. To crushing those American pigs. Down with the capitalists. Oh. Oh. Uh, we were about to dig into the three movies that we watched, so. We are going to focus on Der Fuhrer's face, victory through air power, and what was the uh, education for death. And I think I want to start with education for death uh, because we're patriotism. We were talking about patriotism and that, that concept of patriotism. And first things first, we got to hate a Nazi. Uh, and so in victory for death, we use the Disney artists. And these are all of the artists we've been talking about for this entire season of podcasting. Uh, we're going to use the Disney artists instead of fun, fanciful cartoons. We're going to see the sharp lines and shadows of our Disney villains, right? These are tall and sharp and edged characters and in, in education for death. And we meet little Hans. Yeah, you get you get a you get a, a run of the mill um, German couple um, that has a baby. Uh, they're allowed, um, like you can only name your baby like a certain name off of a list of names that are pre-approved by the state that like fall within the. Uh... Moreover, there's a there's a list of names that you can't name your baby, and that list gets added to as they're like, no, not that one either. Um, most of these names are, uh, there's no Franklins or that's the only one. I remember. Okay. Real quick before, before we die, dive into like moment by moment with this film, um, let's just give a, give a rundown of what it is. It is, um, birth to like, it is a transformation from birth to complete like Nazi foot soldier. It should have of, been the video for whom the bell tolls. Yeah, so over the course of this, you see um, the child from birth um, and then America's perception of how they want you to think of um, how that child is molded into a Nazi soldier, which is very much the enemy, okay? This is a question we're still asking now. Like, we, every, I, I watch the news daily and I think, how the fuck does somebody become a Nazi? Like, how is that, how is that your, yeah, this seems cool. Like, at what point do you go, no, no, fuck this, I'm out? I think the way that you go, fuck this, I'm in, is you feel like there is a certain group that is getting one over on you. And you have been spoon-fed some information to make you think that it's the Jews. Or at the same time that you're being spoon-fed something about the master race. Or the liberal media. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I, I saw a Facebook post earlier today that was like, Talking about being at like a, because like there, there there was a reemergence of of Nazi culture in the the like late seventies early eighties punk scene, 
I don't know how Nazism fit in with that, but it did. Uh, I actually, it's because, and this is going to sound ridiculous, it's because Nazis are fucking stupid. And I, I, I say that in all seriousness, punk music is loud and aggressive and had this connotation of violence that went along with it. Um, smashing and moshing and, and, and drugs and cutting yourself and all of that, like throwing bottles and getting drunk and fuck everybody that, and, and the, I think the spirit of that is good. Like, I mean, the dead Kennedys, the, the spirit wrote, the, like in 1981 wrote Nazi punks fuck off. So that was one of the worst things that Jello Biafra ever did because, in the same way that I was able to trick my parents into thinking that Judith from A Perfect Circle was a Christian song. Mm-hmm. People hear what they want to hear. Uh, and so Nazi punks fuck off meant that the Nazi punks felt like they had a song about them. Like they were like, he must be ironic. And his shows from that point forward um, were frequently filled with Nazis. Like fucking skinhead punks that thought they had found their tribe because... You can, I I just ordered a copy of, uh, of fruit for vegetables for for Addie's birthday, uh, and unless you know you you can't hear what the fucking words are. And back then you've got maybe this record on vinyl, and most of the time you just hear it it in a drunken haze at some fucking punk club. And so it just became, like they just sort of took over the loud violent scene. Happened with metal. It fucking you get loud violent music and loud violent people are going to show up and try to fuck it up. Well, what I <clears throat> what I read in this one post which was basically saying that I think you get a lot of you get a lot of um a lot of people advocating for let's let's talk about like the exodus to parlor of a lot of people on regular platforms of social media, which are by no means perfect. The 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 rallying cry for the Exodus Parlor is like, well, free speech. Free speech. You know, we're, we're getting censored all the time. Now. <clears throat> the censorship is fact-checking. They don't like getting fact-checked. They don't like getting fact-checked, but there's also this idea of like, oh, well, if you say something that's outside of the mainstream, then that's, you know, then that's intolerant, right? There has to be a level of intolerance towards intolerant views right Right. that free speech can't be allowed to manifest because then there is no tolerance okay now the example that the author of this article provided was that he was uh getting an after work beer at some shitty punk club where the bartender doesn't like you you don't like them and um and then some guy comes in and sits down at his stool and the bartender's like no out and uh, he's like what man i'm a paying customer like i'm not doing anything and he's like reaching for a bat under the bar. He's like, get the fuck out now. And then the author of the article was like, what was that about? And he was like, uh, you didn't see, but he had like all kinds of fucking iron crosses and SS shit on his, on his, uh, on his vest. And he was like, you know, that guy probably wouldn't have started shit, but then he might bring his friend and that friend also probably going to be a really nice, polite guy. He's like, then they're going to come a few times, feel like everything's cool. They can bring their friends and then they start getting comfortable here. And then they're not cool. They're going to bring their friends that are not cool. And then you got turn your, your whole place is turned into a fucking Nazi bar. Yeah. And when, when you try to fucking change something about it, you got some fucking problems. And he's like, that's why you got to cut that shit off real quick. Fuck. Real quick. No tolerance for that shit. No. Anyways. 
as far as getting back to like how would that person in America in the like 1979 or whatever turn into a fucking Nazi? It's just like it, it is it is a form of lashing out against the mainstream. I think now. Yeah. Whereas back then that was the mainstream, and it, 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 you know, uh, most probably I, I I would I would posit that most of the German people um, were probably at heart like good people if they had been left unmolested but they were not and they their minds were warped in the same way in the exact now don't again not good guy bad guy shit different political agendas shit they we were pushing propaganda down the throats of people in the exact same fucking way that Goebbels was doing yes um and that propaganda was made by disney right okay they wanted their people to believe a certain thing. We wanted our people to believe a certain thing. We poured all of our resources into doing it. So did they. Their shit just happened to be a little bit more fucking nefarious. But don't let us forget that we were putting people into internment camps. These GIs were fucking segregating. Refused to fucking congregate with black soldiers that were conscripted and doing the exact same shit that they were. Like, we are not fucking without blemishes, okay? Now, so, so far in this episode... You've talked shit about America and apologized for Japan. So I think at the end of this episode, you and me, my friend, we're going to need to have a conversation. Um, no, I'll, let me, I'll, let I'll, me fucking, ex- I'll fucking lap at the skirts of Lady Liberty just like Donald Duck does. But uh, let, let's 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 call it for what it is. What I'm saying right now the is... The shoe fits where it. Are you a Haponese apologist? <laughs> I mean, it, it would be, a, it would be a, a, a pretty failed cause to espouse. So no. Speaking of a spouse, this episode brought to you by Waifu Pillows. <laughs> Dakimakura. Uh, brought to you by brought to you by uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Ooh, are you there now? Is that where you're at? Are we talking about the cum jar with uh, with Rainbow Dash? In there? <laughs> <laughs> this episode we, brought to you by Cum, the one thing that will never not be in an episode of Plusin and Cussin. But Cum, Cum never changes. All right, so um, what's the movie? What's that? Uh, that little 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 Hans. Little Hans in Friendship is Magic. Yeah, you probably remember this better than me. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't take notes for this shit. No, that's fine. So, little Hans is finally born, and he's born to his parents. His parents are allowed to have twelve children. Except that the the voice is definitely not a German one that's narrating it. It's it's a it's a fucking American guy with a stick up his ass. Uh, now you know this is. This is sort of the beginning of Disney's educational series. These propaganda movies. These are not in the same way that we we see Goofy teach us how to ski. But it's like a dry ass academic voice. Yes, it's a dry. It's a. It, we've heard this voice. I I wish I did enough research to know who he was. But he's letting us know that uh, Hans is born. Hans's parents can only select a certain name. Hans needs to go to school. And when we see little Hans go to school. Uh, his teacher is... Well, well, before that, though, Hans gets sick, and some Nazis show up at the... Uh, they're not, not... Everybody's a Nazi. They're all right? Nazis. Yeah. Everyone's some a soldiers Nazi. show up at the house, and they're like, hey, lady, if your son doesn't get better quick, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to kill him, or are they going to take him off somewhere? I think everybody's going to die. That That's the biggest difference, is we might have shoved propaganda down people's throats, but if you didn't watch the propaganda, we didn't necessarily shoot you in the forehead in your home. 
we we did the, uh, yes there were internment camps and it was fucked and there's dicks on both sides but we I'm not saying one isn't worse than the other. One is definitely worse than the yeah, other. Yeah, we weren't just sh- like. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Go for it. Say it. You get to cut it out. No, I'm not even going to cut it out. Just like I'm not a fucking Biden cheerleader, but no. he's infinitely better than Donald fucking Trump. Oh my god. So I, I am. I'm making the analogy between Nazi Germany propaganda and fucking Newsmax. Yeah, and, and OAN and, 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 and American propaganda. Yeah, we were doing some fucking heinous shit, just like the Biden administration inevitably will fucking do. And we're gonna see, we're gonna see the ugly side of Disney propaganda in the next film. Uh, this is this is it's ugly, but it's not it's not the level of grotesquerie and stereotype that we're gonna see in in the in the next. Film. But we do see we see poor little Hans, who's a kid just like everybody else. He's learning he's learning the the same fairy tales that we learn as children, and and so Hans gets told the story of Sleeping Beauty that Disney is is fixing to tell us a few years down the road when we watch Sleeping Beauty. Uh, uh, yes, the one moment of levity in this film, the the brief moment uh, when it turns out that the Wicked Witch is democracy. And Sleeping Beauty is dear Germany. And our Prince Charming is a hilarious fucking Hitler. Uh, I, I, I do love how fucking goofy boots they make Hitler in all of these things. Sure. And, and how Hitler gets motorboated between some titties. Would you, would you fuck the cartoon version of Germany? Yes. So hard. Yeah. Uh, they make Germany just... It's like, it's like what our crumb would jerk off to. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of what I look up on Pornhub now. I, you like what you know. <laughs> My thick sister. And I know I, I know thick drunk chicks. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Germany in this film, uh, they put a they put a donk on Germany when he slaps her on the back of that horse, and you watch her walk away. I I would fuck Germany's asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's what they really wanted me thinking at this moment, but if I left the theater going, I'm going to fuck Germany's asshole, the propaganda worked. Oh, I'm going to... I'm gonna Sign f- me up. I'm going to fucking motorboat and, and titty fuck them schnitzel tits. I'm going <laughs> gonna to take a little peek at Das Boobs. Uh so we see goofy boots ass Hitler uh, hiling his sweet lady Germany uh, and and riding her off into the sunset, just like I'd ride her off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. And things get real serious again. Uh, yeah. Uh, so what I remember the most from this was uh, um, any any sign of weakness or mercy is squashed out and ridiculed. Okay. They're telling uh, Hans is in school now. They're telling a story. Uh, about like a fox and a rabbit and the fox like kills the rabbit wolf wolf nazis wolves yeah okay um iron wolves yeah uh the rabbit gets killed and and han says something like oh that poor rabbit yeah um get in the fucking chair pussy yeah he gets put in the dunce chair uh, it's like a it's like a pussy chair though but it's more like walking to dunce dunce yeah Johnson. they have to yell everything they yell everything you, their faces you're get German, fucking red yeah they it, throw the word schnitzel in or leinenkugel or like the sauerkrauten so, they so fucking say about some summer shandy bro they say sauerkrauten so many fucking times when they're 
Like it's just it's the, in the same way that that Family Guy's like beepity boopity for the Italian people. That's oh, that wasn't German. It's it's Germanglish. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sure there's some German in it, but it's mostly just this is what they sound like with their nonsense words. They are yelling everything. Um, if you're a German and you're talking loud, you either sound like a Nazi or very gay. Das boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no in between there. You're right. Oh, poor little rabbit. Awesome. Puts puts on some rabbit's hats. And I wish I knew some German. So, yeah, they sit him in the fucking – the sitting little haunts and the dunce chair doesn't just make him understand that you can have no mercy, but it act, makes him actively hate the rabbit. Uh, and then he grows up learning that hatred and seeing only what he's allowed to see when they slap Hans in some fucking horse blinders. There are swastikas all over everything. That's one thing about these cartoons is there's swastikas on shit that you never thought would be a swastika. Uh, but they slap they slap this kid in his horse blinders. They slap him in a muzzle so he can only speak what he's told to speak. Uh, and then they send him off to die in a row of unfucking loved un unknown Nazis. Uh, and really there's here and there there's moments in this movie where it's like look at look at how cool we are as Americans but really there's never this idea of like we see in other later movies there's never this idea of we need to hate this person because they are a danger to us it's more look at how awful they behave on their own we need to hate them for them as opposed to this sense of fear or this sense of there at, at no point does it really say this person is, is is coming to hurt you is coming to hurt yeah, you yeah it's it's like look at this look at this vile enemy look at how awful they are mm. like how dare they treat their children like this thank god you live in america and you get to fuck your wife and go to work and fuck your coworker's wife and come home to a hot meal and raise your boy and fucking throw the pig skin around with him. Like, God bless America. Look at these monsters. And um, it's fucking powerful. Like, it worked. Like, even for me, there's moments when I'm just like, Man. Like you sitting there knowing that it's propaganda being, I, being I shoved down the throats of people at that time. Like, it's still somewhat moving because of the power of the animation and the movies right. that they can create because they're, 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 they're great storytellers. So, and that's, that's the thing that really, I, I watched a ton of these Disney propaganda films and just out of interest, I love Looney Tunes just as much as I love Disney. So I, I wanted to see some of the other studios work because everybody's doing it right. Like it wasn't just Disney, Disney, just with all things animation, Disney did it better, bigger and more. Right. And so we see the Warner Brothers studios foray into into propaganda and almost all of it is that silly style, that fucking cartoonish, um, a lot of a lot of like, oh, look at the look at the buffoon soldier having a funny, funny time. Uh, but the the animation's a little bit. Cheaper. Once again, you sounded like Moira from Shit's Creek. Oh. <laughs> well, I can't remember the fucking name of that. It's like Sergeant Snafu. 
or some shit, who's just this Dunkov who gets himself into silly situations, but the the animation is is clearly cheaper, right? That they are all in black and white. The voicing is great. The stories are great. They're they're great cartoons, but these Disney cartoons come with Disney animators. They're happening in the studios. You've got your you've you've got the State Department in the studio telling you this is what we want. And then you've got fucking Bill Titla drawing the shit for you. Bubble Guy is through all of these. He's he's doing his job. Oh, yeah. Bubble Guy becomes swastika guy uh for a short while there and then he gets to be Bubble Guy again. Like this is this is Disney quality animation with, to come up for a breath. With Disney writers, Disney production, Walt in charge, because Walt, beyond everything else, is proud to be an American and happy to be getting these fucking government contracts because they are paying the bills. Every one of these cartoons, with the exception of Victory Through Air Power, came with a sweet government contract. So beyond getting the studios back in the black... Well, speaking of goofy-ass cartoons um, that lean into silly caricatures of the enemy you want to talk about the Fuhrer's face uh donald duck is is an american hero at this time donald duck is given that donald kills me america loves donald america has always loved donald america runs on donald and yeah america runs on uh sequences of donald duck's ass being abused he does and get this <laughs> this film doesn't uh doesn't shy away from that either uh so der Fuhrer's face winner it was it was originally called donald duck in nazi land uh and won the academy award in 1943 for animated short not so wait this didn't happen until 43 i thought we were i thought this whole episode was 1941 so we are this all this all happened because of 1941 1941 ends with 1941 for 1941 begets this situation begets all of this moves us into the next era era of disney okay uh starting with bambi okay um so this this spanned the the rest of the war now the the soldiers only occupied the burbank studios for about six months so then let's make a promise to our viewers and listeners that this is pretty much we're not going to talk that much about the war aside from saying it's going on this in, is the end subse- of war talk yeah, yeah in subsequent episodes this is but we had to dig in we had to dig in deep this is this is the war the war trilogy that this is the culmination of world war ii and what it did for disney okay because moving forward we're just making movies. Be like hey yeah it's still wartime yeah and we're making movies the war and we're we're only a few years away from the end of the war. We're actually going to end the war with the end of this episode. Okay? Um or at least <laughs> Yeah. So, uh what are you going to do to my beloved Japanese people? You know, spoiler alert, it's not good. <laughs> When the Führer says, we is the master race, we hire, hire. Right in the Führer's face, not to love the Führer, is a great disgrace, so we hire, 
independently of uh of the spike jones is kind of the uh weird al yankovic of the day right uh this was something that was super popular back then was silly songs but silly songs from dudes with i thought his name was oliver wallace that wrote this oliver wallace wrote the music for the movie but spike jones is the guy who performs it it's okay. it's kind of like getting a it's 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 like when you have panic at the disco disco play into the unknown. Okay. Like you've got this song and you have somebody else sing it. Okay. For bringing in that celebrity, like uh, a Demi Lovato. Like a Demi Lovato or a, a what's the lady's name? Adina Menzel. That was the one. I couldn't say Adina Menzel. I don't know why. So that fucking kick-ass song performed by Spike Jones, like you said, led to the name change to Der Fuhrer's face because that shit was blockbuster. Like, that's the number one song. Right. Um, it also, I believe, was nominated for an Academy Award, if not the winner of that award. Uh, and so this movie sets the tone right away, right? This is this goofy boots, fucking uh, Taiko Watiti, fucking... Jojo Rabbit style, look how silly this bullshit is, propaganda, um, starring everybody's favorite Donald Duck. So we, but we the first, the Donald Duck, not the first character we see. No, we get we get Tojo, we get fucking Mussolini, we get we get four crazy Nazis. Uh, I'm a big big fan of the clearly gay Nazi. Yes. Uh. So good and Pretty played funny. so well. It's funny. Like, it's all funny. It's real uh, bad. The, the Japanese character is extremely racist. The It's the most racist. If, all the way yellow. Like, jaundice-looking yellow. Like, country time lemonade uh, yellow. Buck teeth. Um, Slits slit for eyes. eyes. Glasses. Um, yeah, not, not okay. No. Very problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same the same with with the the Mussolini caricature and the idea of the the buffoonish fat Guido Italian fucking Well, I mean Mussolini was a buffoonish fat idiot. Yeah. 
I'm not defending the man. I'm just saying. Like, You're saying that's not necessarily supposed to be Mussolini. That's just an Italian. The, no, it's definitely supposed to be Mussolini. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it it is very clearly Mussolini. Uh, but this is that funhouse mirror style of propaganda mm-hmm. that holding a holding a, a a distorted perception of the enemy themselves up. Uh, everything is a swastika and or Hitler. Before we ever see Donald Duck wake up, the fucking light poles are swastikas. The bushes, swastikas. The fucking drumsticks, the grass, the flowers, the f- everything somehow finds its way into the shape of a swastika. And then we see Donald Duck's house and somehow his house looks like Hitler. And this is that like Disney personality animation that doesn't fucking work. At, at another studio, right? Like, you don't get that Disney attention to detail, even in this wackadoo fucking Nazi world. You don't get that attention to detail at the other studios. And so having the world's greatest animators telling these stories meant that these things that were sort of meant to be water cooler talk also became these this propaganda isn't just the kind of shit that i share on facebook this is the thing you do on saturday night you go see der Fuhrer's face you buy the fucking record you get your kid the fucking t-shirt you've got addy and Iny singing der Fuhrer's face over and over because this is the thing uh right now and so that shit's a little bit crazy and, and that uh we finally get to donald and his adolf hitler looking at his house and this boy's waiting for his swastika alarm clock to wake him up with some fucking Heil Hitlers while he's Heiling Hitler in his sleep. A lot of Heil Hitlers. A lot of, a lot of Heil Hitlers, because that's what you do. You got to Heil Hitler. He's everywhere. Uh, and then it's breakfast time. And I love this fucking scene. Like, it's so good because, man, it must suck to be a German. Yeah. Really glad I'm American where I'm going to have a nice hearty breakfast with my wife. Yeah, you this is what you do then you boast about you boast about what your government like provides for you yeah you know the germans get uh bread that is um that you have to saw through with a saw he has a what he has one his, coffee bean one, on a string one coffee bean in on a, a safe. string that is that is he has to hide um and aroma de bacon and eggs aroma de he fucking eats the fucking some bacon and eggs air mm-hmm. uh it's it's perfect and like it, it feels like you're taking a bite of that sawdust sandwich mm-hmm. right Duck, there with Donald. Not happy about being a Nazi, but he can't necessarily vocalize it. But his his muttering made me laugh out loud. Um, the the ridiculous band um, barges through his house and then ends up kind of recruiting him to carry the bass drum um, in kind of like a Tasmanian devil whirlwind. And that's when you get the abuse to Donald's ass. Lots of lots of Donald getting uh, every, his ass kicked. every time. Uh, so in the 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 Disney one, it does not have the fart noises that we heard before, but uh, just you know brass to kind of represent that. And every time that happens, you get Donald getting kicked in the ass or whatever. Um, uh, that duck's ass is not safe in any appearance ever. Now, and that's why America loves Donald. Um, not even not a montage, but just a whole slew of Donald in factories building bullets which to be fair that was the americans were doing that shit too yeah um 
but uh, they offer him a vacation, and then they just put like a backdrop behind him. Of Welcome the- to the Swiss Alps. Congratulations. You have been chosen for your paid vacation. Yeah, and then he get, and then they pull that. They pull that backdrop up, and uh, then they're like, "Okay, now you have to do overtime because you, of your vacation times that you just took." You had you had a wonderful time off. You saw the Swiss Alps. You drank some hot cocoa. You're going to need to give that cocoa back to the Führer in sweat form. Kind of funny. Kind of funny. You feel bad for the guy. It is. It is a little silly. Uh, l- bullets get big. Bullets get little. Poor boy making bullets. Uh, and then the song comes back, and it, the next five minutes is just a. Just goofy silliness of poor Donald just not having a good time. Yeah, a kind of nightmare imagery of, uh, of you know, of basically all of the trappings of the Nazi world that are just kind of swallowing Donald in this kind of surrealism. But it's fun. Um, you're having a good time. Yeah, so what I think that this, I think that this is the most powerful of all of the three films that we're going to talk about. And the reason that I think that is because Donald Duck takes the piss out of everything and that's what this song and donald duck combined are incredibly powerful in taking the piss out of everything ridiculing something that is monstrous Mm -hmm. an incredible existential threat to the entire world is made something that you can laugh at that you can fart in its face that you can flip off and that you can laugh about and that lets you get through your fucking day yeah like that's it, it yeah it's like this is why this is way more more this is more powerful than keep calm and carry on posters 100 percent. donald donald duck being the american version of keep calm and carry on is one of the reasons i'm still proud to be an american like i i loved this fucking movie i did i fucking loved it thought it was hilarious problematic yes certainly very racist but this this is the one that feels like disney like, this is the one that sort of feels like an escape mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so he, he wakes up from that dream, Heiling Hitler, and then for some reason his entire room is adorned in American flags. It was all a nightmare. Donald Duck uh, goes up and uh, sucks the dick of the Statue of Liberty. Sucks it right off its body. Um, I'm so grabbable. I can't do the Donald Duck voice. He was close. I'm so proud to be a citizen of the United States. It's just that's, Gollum. That's it's just Gollum again. No, that's that's uh, Stitch. <laughs> Stitch. I'm so glad to be an American precious. <laughs> that's that's Gollum. Very good. Very good. This the whole rest of season two is just you doing uh, impressions. Just, yeah, it's, it's just Timothy Key Mouse is gone. It's just Deefy and Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a terrible show. I wouldn't watch it. Tiltus? What's Tiltus, huh? You want to talk about victory through air power? I really, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Donald Duck's pajamas at the end of that movie. What are his pajamas? It's the, he's Everything is American flagged. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the shadow of the Statue of Liberty looks a little bit like Hitler. And he wakes up and he's got, like... Donald Duck's room looks like a Trump rally at that point. Anytime I see anybody wearing all American flag shit now, I'm like, they're not wearing a mask. like it's like how bald eagles on things make me think that person's maybe a racist i that and i do want to i want to get a little bit fucking political right now because that's the shit that makes me fucking angry like that's okay listen i i try not to talk about how i feel about donald trump and or his supporters but that's the shit that fucking pisses me off right and that's what i was trying to put my finger on earlier when it comes to that that concept of patriotism that shit has been stolen from me 
right? Like, I should be able to rock a fucking mullet and drive a fucking truck and love America without people thinking that I'm some sort of fucking racist fucking Trump cuck who hates my neighbor and hates the rest of the world. I should be allowed to be proud to be an American and still let my friends fucking love each other. I should be allowed to look like I'm proud to be an American and still let whoever piss in whatever bathroom they want to piss in and not have people thinking that I don't like people pissing in the bathroom that makes them comfortable to piss in. And that's the shit that pisses me off the most. The thing I hate the most about Donald Trump and all his fucking friends is making America look like we don't fucking love America anymore. And watching these movies, I know it worked because as I'm sitting there thinking, you know what? America does fucking kick ass. I just keep getting angrier and angrier at this idea of fucking stealing an election and propaganda being used to make my kick ass American Eagle t-shirt a t-shirt with American Eagles on it, not from American Eagle the store, uh, makes me look like a fucking Trump supporter instead of somebody that got a great deal at Walmart. We can be the same. No, I mean, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't stop wearing any of that. I'm shit. not going to. Uh, I'm taking do America. My, do you remember back. my shirt that I found at a thrift store that was like a? Um, it was like a guy getting out of a truck with his rifle, and he had his like bird dog with him, and it says, "I'm an American. I have the right to own a gun." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I still had that shirt. I wish I had a gun. Let's get guns. Let's go get some guns. Might need them. Oh, yeah, we're going to need them. Nah, I don't think we are. I, I, I You know, want to know why I need a gun? This is the other reason I'm angry, and then I'll stop yelling for the rest of the episode. I left the house for four days. I've had a tomato out there on the vine getting red for weeks. Never in my life have I eaten a tomato that I grew myself. I'm taking pictures of it with my kid. I am waiting for this tomato, and I tell my child when I get home from vacation, I'm going to eat this goddamn tomato, and a fucking squirrel or some other creature stole my tomatoes while i was squirrel on your front lawn i would shoot a squirrel in my backyard yes i will shoot a squirrel i will eat the squirrel and it will taste like my tomato you don't like squirrels bro squirrels are cute no fuck squirrels i used to be pro squirrel now i'm anti-squirrel well you can put poison on your on your vegetables no that's fucking no like if I mean, I'm not going to poison a squirrel. It'd be a quick and painless death. Poisoning? No, poison would be a... No, that would be terrible. That would be an awful death. I'll shoot a squirrel between its eyes, and then I'll eat you it. You wouldn't shoot a squirrel between its eyes. You wouldn't hit it between its eyes. I would probably just take it... You'd scare it... the shit out of yourself when you fired that gun off. I would take, I would take its tail off, uh, and then I'd feel awful, and I'd apologize profusely. <laughs> like that time I made you get the kitten. Oh, my God. We don't need to go into that story. Um, you want to talk about victory through air power? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to get to the fucking bombs dropping. Well, here we are. Uh, so this is that final type of propaganda. There's a, there's, okay, you're, you're talking about victory through air power. Here it comes, okay. yeah. So finally we get to victory through air power. Uh, and victory through air power is, I am, I'm going to state this right now. Here's the statement. I've made it before. If it weren't for this film and Walt Disney creating it, we would not have dropped the bomb on Japan. I believe that this led to that decision being made. And here's where where here's where here's where it comes from. So, Disney has been making propaganda for a while 
we've established that uh, he's been working with the state departments. He's been interested in this thing. And like we discussed earlier in the episode, he's been doing his research and he reads a book called victory through air power. And simply put, it's essentially a long essay on why long range aircraft and investment in long range aircraft will be the only way for the allies and specifically the United States to win the war. So this moves Walt so much that he sets all of his feelings aside. He calls up his best animators and Walt, who is broke at this point, spends his own money to create victory through air power financed fully by Walt Disney. This isn't a government contract. It's not even a movie that he really produced for the public. This is Walt making a movie about a topic that he believes in specifically for the government. He's writing and creating this film specifically to share with FDR. Uh, He wants the government and eventually the world to see what he sees after he reads victory through air power. And the concept is pretty simple. So so it's like a pitch. It's a pitch. Yeah. It's a pitch. And that shit blows my mind. Right. Because it's a, it's one of those things where this isn't a commission that somebody wanted him to make. This is no, this is, I need the world to know this. I need you to know this. I don't know if you guys are thinking about this, but here's here's something really important, and I think this can help us win the war. I think I can help us win the war. This is the equivalent to the movie when the fucking scientist is just working in his own lab and comes up with the fucking cure, and he shares it with the government, and they actually fucking listen. Like, this is that part. This is At this point, Walt is the wild scientist who fucking found the cure for the disease. Right. Like he read it in a book and he's going to use his voice to share it. And in doing so, he he legitimately changes everything. And now, obviously, it's Disney and you got to make some money back. So they did release this thing. It did hit theaters. People watched it. I mean, it's long. It's long. And it's not this isn't it's not that fun. It's it's not really supposed to be, but it is super informative. And so we see that similar we see classic Disney animation. Did you watch it in color or black and white? I watched it in black and white. Oh, man. I wish you would have seen it in color. I do, too. Yeah. So when... I watched the link you sent me, asshole. Sorry. I also watched that one first. And then I digging further, I watched it again. It's not particularly political. Um, it's it it's fully educational. It oh, is granted, an you do have them saying, like, this is where the Germans are, and, like, this is us. You know, it's definitely an us versus them thing, but, like... That, that that's what it was at it's, that point, right? It's almost yes, but it's 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 almost like Walt had one of those fucking YouTube channels. It's it's kind of like if he had this fucking show, but with an audience, right? Like it's it's kind of his visual essay and kick-ass animation too, with, like. with the best of the best animation, exactly. And we do see we do see all of the same animators. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of humor in there with like the. The French guy and the German guy, like throwing uh, throwing bricks at each other, bricks at each other in the planes. The 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 Wright brothers stuff, learning, and that's that's see. This is where Disney storytelling and Disney animation create the power of these movies. 
he could have just gone jumped right in and had fucking sergeant whatever his name is i'll look it up in a second uh just state his story right like he's got the funds for it he could literally probably just call fdr and be like hey man check this out here's a boring guy telling you what you need to know but in teaching the audience like first we get invested in airplanes themselves right like through world war one we're like okay fuck i you're right. Flying is fucking magical. How does that work? Fucking, oh, shit. It only took us 10 years to go from 120 feet to fucking bullets that shoot through the propeller without blowing the propeller off kind of shit, right? Like, so we get invested in it and there is there is narrative built in to the education. Edutainment. This, again, the beginning of that concept of edutainment. And so thanks to the animation that keeps shit exciting because it's not like you really have the opportunity to film these scenes, right? Like, how do you get an exciting dogfight without drawing it? You don't. Then, especially considering you're selling, you're selling the future at this point. And so the concept is essentially this, that without long-range aircraft, the war can't be won. And we learn a lot about Japan strategy and Disney posits that without defeating Japan, one can't win the war. And we know that our supply lines are fucked. Like for us to get everything we need to get way the fuck out there. Lot of focus on supply lines. Lots of focus on supply lines. And it, it makes fucking sense, right? And so we remit, we need to remember that the president is the commander in chief, right? Winston Churchill, commander, and, and he's he's like he he leads the armies as well. But these guys aren't necessarily military men. You and I could essentially be the president, especially now we've seen that any fucking moron can do it if they get elected, right? So FDR and Winston Churchill are being spoken to by their strategists they're being they've got their heads of state that are telling them about the war and helping them develop strategy and churchill had his war room and he he did have a brilliant analytical mind for war i'm not trying to discredit the knowledge that winston churchill and fucking fdr had about war but that being said they they started their war careers as laymen right so what do I need to buy into something? What do I need to really understand what the fuck all of this huge globalist fucking war is a goddamn cartoon, right? And when you get, when I had, I didn't fully understand why a supply line is so goddamn important to the idea of victory, but Disney made me get, get it in three minutes. It makes perfect fucking sense once you draw it with fucking Goofy. Right. Like, give me the Disney version. And like we all the coronavirus could have been ended two years ago before it even started. If somebody if Disney had just made a movie and played it on Fox News in the morning so Trump could have seen it. Like if we could have just had Disney dumb it down to fucking layman's views and get it in front of the president, maybe shit could have been different. But that's exactly what happened is they make this idea that we will not win this war without long range air power, totally accessible to anyone who's never flown a fucking plane, to anyone who's never planned a fucking war. 
and it works. It lands in the lap of Winston Churchill. Uh, it lands in the lap of FDR and they call each other. And now, mind you, there have been I'm th that isn't to say that they weren't already considering the concept of long range airplanes, creating an air force specifically as an air force, not tying this these budgets, this production to the army and the Navy. Right. Let the army be the army. Let the Navy be the Navy have a strategic focus on air dominance because the fucking Nazis sure as shit understand air dominance. And that's made perfectly clear in this movie. The Japanese have a focus on air dominance. We know that shit already because they've somehow managed to fucking float torpedoes under our boats in the shallowest of water. So something's got to give and, and it's laid out so perfectly and digestible and easy for us to watch that when when Winston Churchill sees this thing, uh, Winston Churchill, mind you, commanding the world's greatest Navy. FDR, again, fucking American firepower. No one can stop us on land. We've got the tanks. We've got Americans. Uh, but we're flying these tiny little planes on the on the aircraft carriers we've got. So when they both see this movie, this idea of oh shit why well like why isn't this what we thought of really kicks in and churchill and fdr and america and england and actually start focusing on the development of these long long range aircraft the development of these giant fucking bombers that can that can travel these long distances and uh it this film made by Disney with his own money and his best friends who we've spent this whole season learning about changed the tide of war. This led America to put its focus on air dominance, to put its focus into long range aircraft, to focus on hitting China, China, to focus on hitting Japan in the belly. So are you Chinese or Japanese? What year did Victory Through Air Power release? 19, uh, book came out in 1942, 1943, Walt Disney. Okay. So 43. Quick, quick turnaround. Yeah, real quick turnaround. So when, uh, when did they drop that bomb? On Hiroshima specifically, not Nagasaki. Uh, so Victory Through Air Power came out in 1943. The book itself came out in 1942. In 1945, we see the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So effectively ending the war. Effectively ending the war. Uh, which, as is stated in this film, you cannot win this war unless you strike the belly of the beast. I did see that. Yeah. Uh. And that's exactly what they fucking did. They struck the belly of the beast from above because it was the only way to win the war. And would they have figured that might, out? Might be a bit callous to call it the belly of the beast. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Millions of people died and it's fucked. War. It's not our position to. War never changes. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, it's, it, it, it isn't. Fuck, man. Like, I don't know. It ended the war, right? And it's the essentially the worst thing that has ever happened to humanity 
Mm-hmm. It, uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is it, the it, loss of innocence. It's the ultimate like for the human. It's race. the ultimate microcosm of the like utilitarianism versus the line you don't cross uh, dilemma. Do you commit atrocities on an atomic scale to save you and yours to for the for the greater good? So that's that's not that's not our egg to crack. No, or our 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 pickle to. I am not qualified. Not our not to untangle. Nor would it be fair for me to try to even but, dig uh, into that. Shit. In the words of uh, Walter Cronkite, and that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Some things will never change. So yeah, 1945, we fucking drop bombs. End World War Two, and. You, so Disney major players. You can't like you can't say that it's Disney's fault that it happened, but we have gone from the silliest of symphonies and making money off of Snow White to having a voice in in the tide of war to to being a major player in the American experience. And this doesn't just like this year, right? Like December seventh, nineteen forty-one, a day which will go down in infamy. Begets, I love, and infamy. Begets all of this. December eighth, nineteen forty-one. The fucking troops move in, man. The fucking propaganda starts to fly. Disney, yeah, it was like it was like four days or something. Disney fucking gets in business with the government, and it doesn't just save the studio. It doesn't just save Disney. It sets the stage for for what it means the 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 american experience and i think that is the magic a a big player but i mean you know this 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 momentum was this was a moving train when disney hopped on absolutely absolutely but that's not to say that that disney didn't move up front and start shoveling coal yeah right like sure absolutely this was a moving train but but disney got in there and fucking drove it for a little while like disney i think what what i started to love doing the research for this series was one i love america again because i was starting to get a fucking i was a little tired of it and where we are and my mental health and just america in general is a little fucking disheartening right it still it still is but i fucking love this country the propaganda i've been watching a lot of propaganda but god damn it i love america but beyond that, it made me realize how truly American Disney is. Not just then, but now. And we they, they're really working really hard to sort of crack into that egg with all the new all the new Disney Junior shows are like, hey, look at this new culture. Right? Hey, look, hey, have you have you seen the the little the cute little Indian girl who's a detective? What about the cute little Spanish girl who's a Dora detective? The Explorer is um is Mexican. Uh, I wasn't talking about Dora the Explorer. No, same thing. Essentially. <laughs> um, but, man, Disney is as American as bourbon. Like, it is the American experience. And we see that. We'll, we'll get to see that in later seasons of Plessin' and Cussin' when Disney try to move, move into France and fucking build some, build some theme parks out there. And France does not like it. Oh, Euro Euro Disney. France did not want Euro Disney. Uh, 
But here's you seen the you seen the, the new Nintendo land they're building in Japan. It looks amazing, and that's think about this for just a second. I have made the statement that I believe that Disney played a role in Japan getting bombed, uh, and then just a few short years later, we're gonna go ahead and build Tokyo fucking Disney, right? Yeah. Like, holy shit, the the times they are a changing, and the world we live in is so different. But this season of digging into the classics and this season of really getting to see the the first golden age of Disney culminating in World War has really made me appreciate how truly magical, how truly American, how truly influential Disney really is. And when I go back and think about episode one of season one, I remember saying in that episode that we're not Disney adults. Like we're not those we're not those all Disney everything fucking go to the parks 3 times a year fucking love Disney. No, we're just a couple of schlubs that got a Disney Plus subscription. I I I was uh I was just a schlub with a Disney Plus subscription and now I am a Disney adult and I fucking own it. Like I'm I'm fucking bought in and there are some there is some problematic shit and there is some we're going to dig into some hunks of garbage and some magical experiences but god damn it like yeah, I mean being a being a a Disney adult a Disney disciple um has some some problematic baggage just like being an American does and I am I I am a rock hard patriot for Disney at this point like I'm in I'm cautiously optimistic hey well let's see what happens I'm along for the ride along for the ride and uh once you give me a little whistle Let your conscience be your guide.